Hello and welcome to My Soul Delights with Eileen O'Driscoll and Joyce and Joy. My Soul Delights is a program of faith in which we explore various faith topics and also include some intermittent short reflective features for your own quiet time and prayer. In My Soul Delights we are exploring the beauty of our Christian faith and the way in which God's love reaches out to each one of us in a deep and personal way to restore our hearts and to renew this world. In this episode of My Soul Delights, we are going to share with you on the topic of joy and happiness. Is there a difference between joy and happiness? And what does it mean to have true joy? So just before we begin, we invite you to join us in prayer and I will share with you a short reflection. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Saint Joseph, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So I would like to share with you a short reflection on the theme of joy. What is joy? Joy runs deeper than a temporary moment of bliss. True joy remains with us. This does not mean that we always feel elated or excited but it is the gentle current in our hearts that tells us God is always with us. It brings together hope and love. The act of hope and the knowledge that God loves us brings us joy. Joy is knowing that we are blessed by God. It is knowing that we are children of God. The Holy Spirit given to us at baptism inflames this beautiful gift of joy in our hearts. There are times when we need to fuel our joy once more, especially in times of hurt or suffering. During these times, we can make a simple prayer to God through the Holy Spirit for his joy. How can we increase our joy? Joy comes from gratitude and thanksgiving. Praising God in all things. It is good practice to recall those things in our life that we are thankful for, as this fosters a spirit of gratitude in our hearts, which also fosters joy. Joy is not something contained within itself, but it grows beyond limit when we share it with others. Isaiah 55:12. For you shall go out in joy and be led back in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall burst into song. 
and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. So in this episode of My Soul Delights, it is lovely to be able to talk about the topic of happiness and joy and what might be the differences between them. But maybe just to begin this episode, no better person to turn to right now other than Joy himself, Joy Incarnate here. So over to you, Joy. Maybe you will uh, lead us in as to what are your thoughts on happiness and joy? Thank you, Eileen. And thanks to all our listeners for your prayers and support. Beautiful theme again, uh, joy as the whole world awaits and rejoices for the coming of the Messiah as we celebrate every year that arrival of the authentic real joy of God, joy of the Lord Jesus himself, as we are nicely journeying together along with the church uh, throughout the liturgical season, throughout the year, every year, the past 2000 years plus now, we have been journeying and awaiting for the Messiah and on Christmas Day, Jesus comes and, and restores and renews that joy every year. So it's a beautiful theme again to reflect. Uh, as we know, happiness is derived from the world, which primarily comes from various things such as, you know, the events and people around us and uh, the, the things, the joyful and happiness goes hand in hand. But happiness is more of things that comes on account of various events and things that happens on a daily basis, primarily from the world. But joy comes from the Lord. Joy is eternal. Joy is everlasting. We see that in the gospel, as we know, the joy of the gospel and the joyful journey of a soul, which accompanies the Bible and prayers and any any soul that is driven by evangelization spirit carries that joy of the Lord. Basically, Jesus fills and restores that joy again and again in them, you know. So this is what we are going to celebrate, we see. The Holy Family gave us a beautiful gift from God, that is Jesus. So every year, Christmas reminds us of this joyful celebration, uh, which restores joy in souls around the world, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a lovely explanation. Thank you, Joy. And of course, yeah, you, you remarked a nice difference there between joy and happiness and as you say often I suppose our happiness can come from things that are more fleeting and passing and temporary uh, just as you might say in a particular moment I feel so happy but uh, joy is something that runs deeper than than all of those things it, it r- runs deeper than feelings of satisfaction or bliss uh, that come from uh, moments of enjoyment and pleasure and all the rest So joy is something that goes deeper. It's not so much a feeling in the same way as you might describe happiness, uh, but as much more, um, I suppose, a state of being, uh, something that's cultivated within us internally. And of course, as well, uh, within our Catholic faith, we recognize that joy is one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And I have a nice quote here from Pope St. John Paul II, which helps us to maybe put in perspective where we receive joy from. So he says, God made us for joy. God is joy. And the joy of living reflects the original joy that God felt in creating us. So I might look a little bit more at that in a minute um, and just to elaborate on that, how our joy comes from God. 
but I suppose one of the obvious reasons and uh, something that you shared at the beginning as well, Jai, when you're seeing how the whole of the liturgical year is gearing up uh, as well, you know, towards Christmas and this coming of Jesus and the recognition that joy itself uh, comes into the world, uh, like that beautiful words, you know, joy to the world. Uh, that's a joy we carry with us yes. throughout the year in the knowledge that God loves us. I think that's our ultimate joy, that God is love. But not only is he love, but that God loves us, God loves you, and God loves you personally, and God loves uh, the whole of humanity. Uh, this is where joy, in essence, uh, comes from. So then when we say joy is a state of being, well, it's a way of living with that knowledge, living with that knowledge that God is love, and living with that knowledge that God loves each of us personally unconditionally and that indeed that God felt joy even in creating us I think that's a beautiful line in that quote the original joy that God felt in creating us which goes back again to that point that each person is the result of a thought of God and that God willed us wanted us and that each soul is necessary but we're spending the whole of our life I suppose in a way trying to discover that maybe even coming to know it and also learning how to to live that out as well in our lives so there are some of the more immediate thoughts to come to mind so maybe Joy I'll pass back to you and uh, see what your thoughts are on that Sure, indeed, a very deep reflection there. And uh, as St. Teresa of Calcutta said, you know, joy is prayer, joy is strength, joy is love, joy is a net of love by which you can catch souls. And even St. Padre Pio highlighted, you know, joy with peace is the sister of charity, serve the Lord with laughter. And uh, Pope Francis then nicely summarized, he said, you know, the saints were not superhuman. They were people who loved God in their hearts and who shared this joy with others. So we see then how it all ties in with the nice reflection you came up with. Uh, it's all about knowing uh, that God loves us and the very thought about God wanting and willing to create us and the way he restores us and he refuels our soul uh, through the Holy Spirit. Uh, we see all of that then coming through these saints and uh, through the Pope's uh, throughout centuries how they are guiding us with this very thought of how saints even they were guided and you know how they shared that with others and that's the authentic joy you know the joy comes from the Lord and when we share it it multiplies and it can only increase and it can keep on increasing as we share it with others and that's the beauty of our faith you know to receive it from God and to share it and to bring that beauty of God's generosity of God's love that that reality to share it with others and then to enable people that even in the extreme moments that you're not alone and you are being loved by God because you are a child of God uh, and that brings that ultimate joy in a way it restores that joy in us all because through baptism we receive that joy already it's a gift uh, of the whole it's a fruit of the Holy Spirit uh, as you said earlier and then it restores again and again you know we all received it but then there are different moments in which it can go down and come up again. But that's where we need Jesus who clears all the storms and then he restores and uh, gives us that joy, which is eternal, you know, that that comes from the Lord. 
Beautiful, exactly, yes. And, you know, that uh, ties in nicely here to a quote I have as well by St. Faustina, who often remarked uh, these moments of great joy, even in the midst of trial and suffering as well. And I would just like to share the quote with you first. Um, She said, The Lord looked into the depth of my being with great kindness. I thought I would die for joy under that gaze. And when I was just reading that quote, I was thinking in that moment, she had, I suppose, this full moment of uh, knowledge of God, of closeness with him. But not only that, she had knowledge of God's closeness to her, that gaze of his love, which penetrates so deep uh, that bought her this, I suppose, almost um, otherworldly joy in a sense. And I suppose really the truth behind that is that in that moment, she knows that she is fully known by God, that she is fully understood by him. And this is one of the things that brings us joy in any friendship or relationship, but it's obviously by a human uh, capacity. It's it's not always possible because we have our own shortfalls, shortcomings and uh, weaknesses. But God is the being that understands us fully, that knows us fully, knows us in spite of our own complexities or sin and our weaknesses. That brings us a great joy if we can really let that seep in to realize that we are fully known, fully loved and fully understood. I think there's no greater joy than that to express and I can only imagine that feeling, St. Faustina says, you know, I would die for joy under that gaze. Um, Such was the intensity of the joy she felt. And um, this is that state of being that carries us through uh, all the various ups and downs in life even as well. So I, I just thought that that was a nice one to share as well. But next, I would just like to share with you, I suppose, a short anecdote from a a talk I heard once on TED Talks. And there was a psychologist called Barry Schwartz uh, speaking on this particular talk. And he spoke about the very interesting topic of the paradox of choice. And I suppose he explained basically like something that's very relevant to all of us when we go into a supermarket or a shop, whatever it might be. And in the American context, a mall, and we see there's all kinds of arrays of products. Uh, You might go in for something as too simple as toothpaste or uh, to buy a pair of jeans. But when you go in, you see, for example, there's um kind of toothpaste for everything, for whitening your teeth, for strengthening your teeth. Uh, some, so another one will be uh, for another purpose or you see all these kinds of ranges of genes. And, um, you know, so you're kind of struck with this level of choice, which uh, so much um, of our society is always uh, wanting. But yet uh, when we are in that moment, he says, sometimes uh, the strange paradox of choice is it doesn't always leave us fully happy because Uh, Giving this very simple example, he says, in choosing the one, you're also making a conscious decision of not choosing the other thing. And this might be something that remains with you and can sometimes steal some of our satisfaction in a particular thing that we do choose. We realize, well, we're not choosing the other things by choosing the one we have. 
And I suppose the important point that's being brought across here is also that call to commitment when we do make a choice uh, to be happy with the choice we have made and with the commitment uh, we have made when we bring that into bigger decisions that we have to make in life as well. And I suppose this just harps again on this idea of happiness and joy, the temporary happiness we can have in choosing something. Uh, but then can we carry that forward and carry that deeper and uh, maintaining our sense of peace and joy in the decisions that we have made? And I just thought it was um, a very interesting uh, angle that that he took on that. So, um, uh, Joy, maybe what, what's your thoughts on that as well? Sure, there's a lot to ponder there, uh, some very challenging questions and thoughts there, especially for the millennials, you know, who are constantly being pressurized with the term choice. And we see how this can come at us in uh, different settings. Uh, but we have a God who said, you know, instead of my choice, he says, I'm giving my life for your choice. I'm giving my life for the promise God made for your life and for your choice. And we know from Adam's story that he made that choice. He finally led the way for humanity out of the Eden Garden and he took the hard way. And we are still following his way of hard life and laborship. But uh, God uh, still coming back to us, to this world again and again to restore, to renew, to redeem. And he sent his only son and who gave the biggest prize actually uh, while we celebrate Christmas, we can always remember the price he paid, uh, the greatest joy he brought on Christmas is not to be uh, forgotten, but at the same time, you know, he gave his life for us and we made so many choices uh, all through history. Every time we made choices, we sometimes moved away from God and then uh, Jesus comes back and he restores. God restores his promise through uh, our Blessed Mother, as you nicely articulated uh, there, that she she revealed her joy through that magnificent, beautiful story. Whenever I think about Our Lady, uh, it, it primarily, you know, reminds me that she is showing us the way. And she was so joyful after receiving the Lord. And even for after receiving that message from Archangel Gabriel, that she expressed her joy through Magnificat, which is a meditative prayer in itself, um, which we can use on a daily basis, actually. Uh, for meditation but then she expressed that joy and her joy then it went for rest of her life with her even after saint joseph's life even after jesus's departure she was always joyful so that's the same thing we see then after receiving jesus through holy communion today he's coming in us and living in us and he restores that gifts and fruits of the Holy Spirit that we received. One among those fruits is the joy. And he restores that. And then again, not for just our, ourselves, but then we share those with others. When we share those with others, it restores. Uh, and it gives them hope. It gives them joy. It gives them love. And that re ultimately restores their faith. So this is what we see then throughout uh, biblical stories. What happened to the prophets, apostles, and saints, all those who were touched by God, experienced that eternal joy, which is not drawn into the things of the world that gives them happiness, that not drawn into the, the, the headlines or things that drives them away from God, but they kept uh, 
their compass straight towards heaven and they were constantly listening to the word of God and they were able to move on despite all those barriers, obstacles, be it the wall of Jericho or be it the Red Sea, God opens the way and he leads his people. So that's what we see all through that to carry on, to, to go past all the hurdles and barriers. We need that joy and that is joy that keeps you going. You know, that's the joy of the Lord. So throughout Bible, then we witness the faith um, that all those things, what happened to those those prophets or the patriarchs, whenever God spoke, something happened and which resulted in setting a soul on fire with that eternal joy of the Lord. So then there is no looking back. They keep going. They keep going. They accomplish the mission given by God to that soul. An ultimate mission was given to Jesus. He accomplished and they redeemed and he restored that joy of the Lord because then we see for 2000 years plus a Christian is joyful despite all the persecution we are still joyful that came from an authentic source which planted that as a mustard seed and the first person who received and experienced that is our blessed mother and that's what we meditate and ponder in Magnificat. Over to you Ailey. Great, thank you, Joy, and that's lovely because as you spoke about the mustard seed, I was just thinking as well, you know, when God gives us as joy that we have that uh, peace that God will plant it deep and that no one can take that away from us because God's gifts are eternal by the virtue that God himself is also eternal. <laughs> so, Joy, actually, you reminded me too while you were speaking, I remember before you mentioned uh, this beautiful phrase of having heaven in your heart. I'd love to ask you about that again and how you would see that relating to joy and especially because of your namesake. <laughs> so uh, maybe would you share with us uh, maybe that a beautiful, I suppose, idea of heaven in your heart too and how that can correspond with joy? Well, to begin with, before my reflection, to begin with, I would like to uh, tie in a couple of quotes that answers that question and then we'll go to the human side of what I would have experienced. Uh, St. Bonaventure said a spiritual joy is the greatest sign of the divine grace dwelling in a soul. And then St. Elizabeth of the Holy Trinity said nicely, you know, a soul united to Jesus is a living smile that radiates him and gives him to others. So we see we don't see Jesus's face anymore but we see him in the Holy Communion. But then we see what St. Bonaventure and uh, St. Elizabeth of Trinity are sharing here. You know, it's a grace. It's the greatest sign of the grace, divine grace dwelling in a soul. So that's the eternal garden in our heart. So that's, that. I, I like that uh, piece, you know, especially to go back to that eternal garden again and again, because uh, in, in, in olden days, the old idea would have been uh, you know, eternal garden and God resides in somewhere in a faraway distant land that we can't reach or we can never reach because humans are considered sinful and that type of thing. But when Jesus came, he restored that and he said, kingdom of heaven is in your midst. And he brought it down straight in our midst. And in our midst, in the sense, it's not lying in the streets. It's not lying in any building because then that can be corrupted and destroyed. He planted the temple of God in each soul in our heart. And that's why we are called to leave us the temple of the Holy Spirit. So the church then, um, that with the authenticity that Jesus chose Peter and his successor and all the apostles, wherever they went, carried that blessings 
you know today we have so much uh, importance for the apostolic blessing given by uh, pope and throughout centuries that apostolic blessing is coming from jesus because he anointed uh, saint peter and all the apostles so that is the tradition which is carrying on even today from the pope then to the bishops and then the bishops are laying their hands on the priest and it goes on because the priest is then baptizing the faithful so we received that joy we received that divine grace is all planted like a mustard seed in our heart in our soul and that grows as we grow so the eternal garden is in our heart you know beautiful thank you for sharing that and it's a lovely image i suppose to even meditate upon and to bring to prayer and to ask god to increase that joy within our hearts that we uh, ask him through the intercession of the holy spirit as well to fill us with his joy and to remove all obstacles or any blocks that there might be and to uh, draw us near to his heart as well that that we might rest there uh, with him heart to heart as well so um thank you joy that that's a lovely description sure sure thank you and thanks to the divine gang as always for the abundance supply absolutely yes they're the best gang to be in with <laughs> yes they're always there and their supply will be 24 7 if we can let them let them help absolutely <laughs> absolutely thanks so much it's a lovely blessing to be able to talk about this topic of joy. And I suppose it just reminds us how um, much we can actually tease out of this topic, uh, the differences between joy and happiness and also being aware of that because, you know, we we often realize in ourselves like our emotions are, are changing quite quickly from moment to moment, day to day. You know, you could feel elated one minute, you might feel different at other minutes. Um, Absolutely. You know, maybe somewhat of uh, the part of being human, you know, so it's important to be aware of that. But that uh, that that should never discourage us, um, because I suppose that just brings home again the point that we shouldn't base our happiness on temporary things, on certain external circumstances, on our particular situation in a given moment. And as you shared earlier, Joy, this is why the saints could say they had such deep joy because they didn't base it on the temporary external circumstances. Their joy was based on a person and even within a person. And this is the, the essence of the Christian faith, as you so nicely described earlier. And I suppose as well, it 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 reaches out then in um, charity to others. But but we do need to nurture that within as well, you know. So it's a lovely uh, theme to, I suppose, reflect upon even within ourselves, even within our prayer life, like to uh, continuously pray for that gift of joy, you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, through the intercession of the Holy Spirit. And uh, there's a lovely quote by Victor Hugo, and um, I'm sure many people are familiar with him for writing uh, the well-known story, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, and that was later uh, made a film, and so was uh, the Miserable um, as well. And um, he has a nice quote saying, the supreme happiness of life is the conviction that we are loved. And uh, that just goes back again to our earlier point that uh, that knowledge that God loves us is one of the supreme happinesses of life. And um, as Christians, we relate that to God, that we know we are loved because God loves us. And uh, that's a great reassurance to have as well. 
But just before I go on, um, I would love to share with you a story. And Joy, maybe you're familiar with this. Um, it's actually a story about an anthropologist who was out in Africa and he was studying the behaviors of a remote tribe um, and their kind of social interaction and that sort of thing. And one day um, when the children of the village were gathered together, what he did was he basically he got a basket of fruit and he placed it over by a tree. And he told the children that uh, if whoever gets there first, so we're going to have a race, whichever of you gets there first to the tree uh, can have all the basket of fruit for themselves. So the children all lined up and the anthropologist counted the men and uh, they started running towards the basket of fruit. But to the anthropologist's amazement, the children all joined hands as they started running. So this meant that all the children got to the basket of fruit at the same time. And they all sat down in a circle around the basket and started enjoying the fruit together. And the man was amazed, uh, you know, <laughs> imagine scratching his head and uh, wondering, you know. So he goes over to one of the children, a little girl, and he says to her, why did you all join hands when you were running? And she gives the most beautiful response to him. She says, how can one of us be happy when all the others are sad? And this response just struck him, and I'm sure it raised a lot of questions for himself but um, as well. But what a beautiful response, and from that innocence and simplicity of a child. But uh, her response really goes to the core of what it really means to, to be human. Um, but I just thought it was such a beautiful story because, again, it highlights this um essence of what true joy is and what an innate understanding uh, this little girl had, what that community had of what joy is, not having everything for myself and uh, having everything our own way because often our human nature tends towards that, um, having our own way but that but true joy will come from uh, giving and giving to, to others or, or giving of ourselves and our time in some way or another, even when it's not easy. But but that true joy can grow in that way as well. Uh, so I just thought it was a really beautiful story. And it's, it's quite a well-known story as well. But um, had you heard of that before, Joy? No, no, but it's, uh, it's a lovely story. Delighted that uh, you shared it today. And uh wonderful ideas to share this across because not many would know the story so it's a very nice story uh, very encouraging it lifts and uh, thanks a million for sharing that and as you were talking about the you know the the changing mood or things that we can uh, ponder sometimes you know get carried away with the worldly things uh, and material things Pope Francis highlighted that in a in a unique piece when he said you know where your treasure is there your heart is. And then he asked, what is your treasure? So as I was pondering on this particular quote from Pope Francis, he said, where your treasure is, there your heart is, what is your treasure? So the response I received then after pondering was, if our treasure is in heaven, then our thoughts and heart will be pondering things related to heaven, you know, and if our treasure is in this world, 
then our thoughts and heart will be pondering things related to this world. So if our treasure is 100% in heaven, then it is 100% joy because joy comes from the Lord. So we need to see where is our treasure and there will be the heart. So that's where the maximum time is going. So the heart is being occupied with things related to heaven or of this world. So that's what we need to see. And for that, then one best way to start the day is to begin with the sign of the cross and then one Our Father and three Hail Mary prayers um, because we thank the Lord for the very breath that we have a new day and a new life. And we thank him for all the blessings we received till yesterday. And also then in the night to thank him for all the blessings we received through the day and then to close the day with the accounts. You know, so ultimately then our joy comes from above, which is 24-7 because God is always pouring out his love uh, to all his children. And it's the same. It comes uh, like it came through Jesus. It's still coming all through. Beautiful. Yeah, it's like gathering up your eternal savings, you know, mm -hmm. uh, like we have savings in the bank. But we want yeah. to have our savings uh, in heaven. And what are the, the things that we can invest now in this life that bring up these uh, eternal savings, basically? And as you mentioned there, beautifully, uh, prayer and that idea of where is your treasure there where your heart is there your treasure is or vice versa <laughs> where your treasure is there your heart is also and it's such a lovely uh, quote as well uh, of course we know in the gospels and um, it is an important question to look at as well and as you were saying that it reminds me of course of um Matthew's gospel the scene of Jesus giving the sermon on the mount as it's well known and the eight Beatitudes, because I think uh, these also give us a lovely insight as to what can bring us joy. The eight Beatitudes uh, could be also called the eight blessings. And um, I would just like to share them with you now, because this is very much about, you know, having that hope of our eternal joy in heaven uh, that beauty of the eternal garden, as you said, joy that will extend on for heaven, planting those roses which will remain forever in heaven. Every little offering that we give right here, right now in the present moment uh, that we can visualize like planting those offerings as roses in the eternal garden and even in moments of trial or sorrow mm. and of course also in thanksgiving and in rejoicing in moments of great joy and when we have uh, many things to be thankful for uh, but that one day we will live with that hope and that promise please god that we will then see those flowers blossoming in heaven <laughs> In that eternal garden, these were the things you offered uh, in those moments. So I, I would just like to share with you uh, the Beatitudes. Um, so Jesus said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. For they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. 
Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. Blessed are they who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So the Beatitudes really bring out that joy is not just found in an absence. So like in the absence of suffering or the absence of difficulty, uh, the absence of challenges, but that rather joy is found in a presence and that is in the presence of God. And this is what the Beatitudes illustrate, that when we are in the presence of God, no matter where that is, that is a blessed moment because it's filled with his presence. And they are the moments uh, that we can still try and claim that joy uh, for ourselves within our heart and within our soul as well. So, um, Joy, I'll pass back to you again. Sure, sure. And that's evergreen. Um, story of the Beatitudes and the way Jesus touched so many souls and hearts and it uh, invites or it begins the act of charity as well there because God loves all those who give you see and all those promises in the Beatitudes what he shared there ultimately when a Christian reaches out it helps and it restores lives of many be it poor be it the homeless or be it uh, all those who are around the world who are receiving that um, gift from the Catholic Church, which is the biggest and the greatest charity organization around the world, that we see then uh, when we share the resources or blessings or gifts and talents, it helps. So that's what Jesus' ultimate promise was. You know, when we reach out, it restores someone else's life. So for that then, Jesus gave us the treasure. So we can't see the treasure, but the treasure is alive for more than 2,000 years, we see. And that's what is driving the church. That treasure is the, the Catholic church that Jesus gave, which is reaching out to the whole world, helping the migrants, helping the poor, helping the unborn, helping uh, all those who are suffering in the margin and all those who are suffering on account of lost lives, be it battles or anything, the global situation. So as we celebrate Christmas throughout the year, then we celebrate the birth of Christ at the same time, birth of Christ in a soul, birth of Christ in a society, the Christian outreach in reaching out to the poor and restoring their life is a sign of Christ being born there in that situation. The church or we, the people, we are bringing Jesus to them because they would have heard about Jesus or some of them would have prayed to Jesus. But when that thing happens to them, when they receive a help, they see Jesus in action. And that's what Jesus said. You know, when you reached out to the needy or the poor or the sick or those who are in prison, you reached out to me. You did it to me. So that's the same response we have. So when we reach out, then we bring Christ to them. They see Christ in action. You know, so St. Trace of Calcutta's action and the way she reached out to the poor or or any other saint we see around the world and the Christian out outreach throughout the world. And then we can experience the joy then when we go back and speak to those who received that help, who received and ultimately who uh, started seeing a new life, you know, after all those sufferings. So we, ultimately when we help others, we become ambassadors of God because 
all those prayers are being heard and answered. And that's why we are here. The more we reach out, the more uh, God's work spreads across the world because we are his tools and instruments, you know. So this is why it's so important. And that's a wonderful story to tie that in with the Beatitudes. Lovely. Thank you, Joy. And um, maybe if I was just to share uh, one more thing on that topic as well, is that if we need a good patron saint maybe to intercede for us or to ask them to pray for us as well, and especially for this gift of joy. Mm. Well, there's a lovely saint called Saint Philip Neri, and he was born in Italy and lived during the 16th century and did a lot of uh, good work uh, as a lay person initially and then later became ordained a priest. But one of his characteristics was his wit and his joy and his cheer. And, and he spoke a lot about this as well. And his uh, he was just very gifted in engaging with people and drawing people in and, and showing interest in them and was known for going out to places. And, and social venues at the time and just striking up conversations with people and talking about God, but in a way that really, I suppose, drew people in and in, in a friendly, loving manner. But there's a beautiful account of an experience, uh, a mystical experience that St. Philip Neri had um, in 1544 on the eve of Pentecost, um, while Philip himself was praying to the Holy Spirit he suddenly saw a ball of fire which entered his mouth and went deep into his chest, filling him with intense heat and the intense love of God. And in this moment, uh, St. Philip Neri uh, was filled with, I suppose, what you could say, an everlasting love of God. This, this moment remained with him uh, for, for the rest of his life and for the rest of his outreach and mission. And uh, it describes in some accounts of, of Philip Neri as well, how he had a profound and infectious joy from the indwelling of the spirit in his heart. And uh, this, again, just recalls the importance as well of praying to the Holy Spirit. Um, what a beautiful description, you know, an infectious joy from the indwelling of the spirit in his heart. And of course, after that moment as well at Pentecost, when it describes like this uh, ball of fire and, uh, you know, the descent of this, um, I suppose, overwhelming love of God into his heart. Um, it says that uh, his heart was dilated, uh, increased and that this uh, there was somewhat of an enlargement of his heart just just above above his heart. So beautiful, uh, just how his heart was enlarged by the love of God. And though not all of us may experience a physical enlarging of our heart <laughs> in the same way as St. Philip Neri, we certainly can experience it spiritually when God is stretching the heart. He's expanding our heart. It's like an, an exercise of love for the heart. No more than when we do exercise ourselves, it pushes us. Um, but that by God's presence, that sometimes when it feels he's stretching or enlarging our hearts, it's only so that it has the capacity for him only so that there's room for him to fully come in to fully live in our heart and to be there in the presence of our hearts so um we pray to saint philip neri too to pray for us for that great gift of joy as well and for that indwelling of the spirit in our hearts too 
And maybe just to finish with one last quote uh, from my side, uh, John 15, 11, Jesus himself promises this in the gospel of John. And as we know, anything Jesus promises, uh, he never retracts or takes away. Uh, Jesus is saying this so that we can all avail of him and his gift of joy and his protection with us. And he says, I have spoken these things to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be complete. From John 15, 11. Beautiful. So Beautiful. over to you, Joy, for your uh, concluding thoughts. Thank you, Eileen. A lot of... Uh beautiful words there and uh, thoughts and reflections uh, so that their joy may be complete. Yeah, um, as someone said, you know, the ultimate fullness of joy is only found in the in the Lord, you know. So a beautiful story of St. Philip Neri as well again. And uh, ultimately he ended up in saying a heart filled with joy is more easily made perfect than one that is sad. So this is his, his own experience as to how uh, he experienced and what happened to him ultimately that his soul was on fire to say this, you know. So just one final Bible verse from my side before we conclude is from Zephaniah 3:17. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. So we hope you enjoyed this episode. Over to you, Eileen. Thank you very much. Yes, we definitely hope you enjoyed this episode of My Soul Delights. And uh, we do look forward to sharing another episode again with you soon. And in the meanwhile, we ask the Holy Spirit to, I suppose, give us that gift of joy for each of us. And St. Philip Neri, pray for us as well. Uh, God bless you and uh, take care. God bless you.